Monsoon, Gorilla Monsoon here at ringside with my colleague Jesse the Body Ventura as the World Wrestling Federation presents the wrestling extravaganza of all-time WrestleMania. Enjoy it, folks, and right now, let's go up to our ring announcer, Howard Finkel. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to WrestleMania. This is the Pro Wrestling Reflection Podcast with your host, the professor, Chalbello Veracruz. Mr. Wonderful, Tommy Wonder. And I will take the powers of those that have no fear. And the prodigal one, JB. The queen, yeah. The queen of the crop. Now it's time to go back in time in the time machine. says I just whipped your ass. But be the man. You gotta beat the man. Woo! Look at this. What is going on there, Big Vita Whites on the Twitch? What is going on to the Big Vita Whites on the Patreons, the Big Vito brand? We are on the road to WrestleMania, and no, it does not stop on Raw. No, it doesn't stop on NXT. No, it doesn't stop on SmackDown. The road to WrestleMania stops here at the PWR Podcast, here at the PWRSoNetworks.Podbeam.com. The road to WrestleMania, the good, the bad, the ugly of WrestleMania stops here at the PWR Podcast, the Pro Wrestling Reflection Podcast, for all the simpletons, if you will. And I am your host, the magnanimous host, the scholarly host, the effervescent host, but most importantly, the glorious host. I am the only objective man in the IWC, YWC. I am the only objective man. Yes, I'm screaming, but you know what? I'm I'm monotone because I I am going with Gavin Newsom. We will not scream on the PWR podcast. We will not scream anymore. This is a no scream zone here at the PWR podcast. I am that objective one, the Professor Chabella Cruz, welcoming you here to episode 133 of the PWR podcast. But you know what? I'm not here alone. And you know what? Big Vito Whites on the Twitch, you're seeing a new face. But actually, you're not really seeing a new face. You're seeing a face that hasn't appeared on the PWR podcast in ages. I don't, he hasn't appeared on the PWR podcast since Donald Trump was president. That's how long it has been. He is the man that will give you the betting odds. He is the man, the UFC god the host of the Cage Theory Podcast, your friend and mine, the prodigal one, JB, welcome back to the fold, welcome back to the PWR family, it's been a while, you've been in Vince, my, Vince McMahon's Kiss My Ass Club so long, you transferred over to Dana White's Kiss My Ass Club, what is going on? <laughs> Finally, the prodigal one has come back home, I'm so glad to be back guys, I mean, 
for those who don't know, like when I first first started in in this side of things and you know PWR and and I was with these guys. I know some of you guys might be like, who the hell is this guy? Who, who what is his voice? But a long time ago, I was here podcasting with these two brothers, and man, have I missed you guys? I missed the scholarly one, professor. I missed TWTW. I got my knee pads off. I'm ready to argue, baby. Let's go. Oh uh, well, before we do, wait, 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 wait. Before we do that, uh, let me introduce the conservative liberal, the band that calls it down the middle, the Gorilla Monsoon of the PWR podcast, the Lord Alfred Hayes of the PWR podcast, the Bob Mackey of the PWR podcast. He is your friend of mine, the Iron Stomach one, the idiot of the Dum Dum Duos, and the wonderful Tommy Wonder. What is going on, my friend? I have to know. I know. JB is a little rusty, but did he mispronounce his own nickname? What he no, the prodigal one. You didn't say prodigal. I did. You said prodigal. You said. Prodigal. Are we going to start this early into the yeah, podcast? You did. I, I'm not. I so I'm not timing here. Something immediately, but since it was your triumph of return, since healing from taking the pounce from Keith Lee, who was in NXT the last time you were on our show, and you got busted through that glass when you snuck through the thing, and then got COVID while you were down there at the damn training center. And it was just, it was terrible for everybody. Uh, if this thing would have made me put my birthday in twice, I was going to quit. But anyways, I'm, I'm listen, there was a small chance I wasn't going to do this show. My kid's cooking me dinner right now, and I was like, if you wait too long to cook, I'm not going to be able to eat with you guys. And then she did, and of course, it's not ready yet. And I was like, I can't miss JB's return. So then what happens when I sit down here? Me and Professor have been hanging out for a half hour waiting for you. What did you say he was going to do, Professor? He was panicking. Come. coming. Vintage JB. <laughs> Is that biologically possible? I don't know. That's going to hurt. That's got to hurt. But I anyway. I think I looked it up one time, actually, because I was wondering, like, if anyone knew, it would be him. Yes. He, he Googled peeing and coming at the same time, but... I, 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 I want to. I don't want to like piss inside my girl. But anyway, continue. Oh, but it's golden showers. What? Why not? It's you know, it's, it's nature's. It's nature's favorite liquids. But anyway, yes, it is. It is the first two minutes. And that's why we missed you, JB. That's why we missed you. But anyway, let's get on with episode 133, the best and worst moments of WrestleMania. And you know what? The funny thing is, you know. Shoutouts to the Magnificent Seven. Shoutouts to the Dino Destruction. Giving ideas. Always giving ideas to the to the Reflectionites. Always giving ideas to the Hustleites. Always giving ideas to the Big Vita Whites. And I think we lost somebody here. Did JB, or is he pissing and coming and he had to turn off the, his screen, TW? I don't know. I mean, well, that, that, oh, okay. Ah, see, he goes, he goes dark, TW, and then he's probably doing it, and then that's what happens. But anyway... Neither here nor there. I can hear him. It's like a ghost. It's the ghost of Christmas past. <laughs> Christy Candace, but, what? Yeah. But anyway, WrestleMania is, you know, it's the granddaddy of all wrestling pay-per-views, guys. You know, we all grew up with this. This is the lexicon of Americana. This is the lexicon of, you know, your fandom. This is the lexicon of, of American culture. Vince McMahon took the idea of having the granddaddy of them all kind of concepts, even though he wasn't the first. We have to give 
kudos to Starcade because NWA was first, Jim Crockett was first, but of course, Vince McMahon might not be the originator, but he's a great adaptation person. He knows how to make it bigger and grander, as my cohort in crime, TW, has always said. So I already got that out of the way. But you know what, guys? Before we even talk about the best and worst moments, what does WrestleMania mean to you guys? What does it represent as your fandom? What does it represent in tradition or whatever? I'm going to start with the dumb-dumb duo guy himself, TW. What does WrestleMania mean to you? So for me, I've already told the story many times. The reason I even got into wrestling was because the girl in class brought a wrestling magazine to school, and I uh, had to have two the next day so I could get my attention back. And for whatever reason, right around that time, uh, WrestleMania one had already happened, so it was getting to the build-up for WrestleMania two. And as we all know, build-ups for WrestleMania back then were six months long. They weren't four weeks mm -hmm. after Fastlane. Uh, so... Uh, and who was on top of the world at that point for me. And even though Tito, technically Don Rock was my first favorite wrestler. I saw him first. But Tito was my favorite wrestler, like legit. Like I got to buy his merchandise, all that kind of stuff. But quickly after that, who stole his thunder were the British Bulldogs. And they were all the rage, and they were just about to win the belts at WrestleMania two. And WrestleMania two is arguably the worst WrestleMania of all time, but okay. not live. Not live as a kid because I got what I wanted, which was the Bulldogs becoming tag team champions. I got mm -hmm. introduced to Ozzy Osbourne. I got a Funko Pop of him. Um, so for me, WrestleMania sealed the deal. Like, if, if I got interested on that Saturday where the jobbers are getting beat up, I was hooked by WrestleMania too. But I disagree with you on something because, yes, Starcade was the first blow-off show. It wasn't what WrestleMania is. WrestleMania was really just another wrestling show that had matches but the purpose of it was it was to get it out to mainstream media having celebrities on there and having more than just wrestling fans watched it which i think the first couple starcades all they cared about was people being at the omni in atlanta they didn't they documented and recorded it all that and maybe they had closed circuit what? well i have to this well, but i have to disagree with you regional is my point yeah. okay and i think regional. I was trying to go at least nationally if not global I think uh, it was star-studded, but more so of the guys in the ring versus, like, actual celebrities. Like, mm -hmm. me, because NW, uh, correct, guys, correct me if I'm wrong, the, like, the first Starcade, it was, like, people from, like, all the different all the different companies or whatever that came, because it was NWA that came together, but they didn't right. have that, that outside celebrity, like, you know, that, that Vince T. had <laughs> Mr. T, and, and um, they had, um, you know, all these celebrities that they had. Well, technically, uh, JB, the first celebrity actually came in Starcade '84. That was Joe Frazier during Dusty Rhodes and Ric Flair's match. So we, you know, so there was the concept of taking the celebrity aspect, like TW said. But again, Vince McMahon made it bigger because he added Mr. T, he added Liberace, he added Billy Martin. So go Muhammad ahead, Ali. JB, and Muhammad Ali. But JB, Bob what Luker. is Russ? That's WrestleMania three, but let's Mary not get, let's, let's not jump the let's not oh yes Mary Hart, Jesus TW I'm trying to get to JB here <laughs> he just, JB. he's here he's here yes yes he is oh, here he, he's peeing and coming you remember you know get, <laughs> get, get it right but anyway J, <laughs> JB what does WrestleMania mean to the prodigal one so at different times in my life it's meant something different the first I would say fifteen WrestleManias. For me, it was Disneyland in my living room 
because I was a kid. I mean, when re- I started watching WrestleMania three, like right before WrestleMania three, I told the story on PWR before. I started getting into wrestling right the lead up to WrestleMania three, when um, that iconic Piper Pit, when uh, Andre, you know, ripped off Hogan's chain. That and the, the Bulldogs part- lost the tag belts that same day. No, but I don't even remember, but that was the very first thing of wrestling I've ever seen. I was flicking channels, and I'm like, what is this? I'm like, I, I, I couldn't, like, Hulk size and Andre size. I was like, what is this? And it was different because it wasn't cartoons. It was real-life people. And I'm three years old here, so I, I immediately got hooked from that. <laughs> so for those first 15 years, I was intrigued, just like everybody else in that age bracket, just intrigued with the product. The, right. next, the next couple of years, though, um, you know, starting with WrestleMania, well, I shouldn't say couple, but, you know, for a long time, I was a fan, and then I fell off, just like a lot of people have. Uh, you know, I fell off. I got back into it, and then from WrestleMania, like, 27 to whatever WrestleMania, Undertaker fought Roman Reigns. What was that, 33? Give or take, yeah. Right. In that time frame, WrestleMania meant something different to me because now I was an adult, and now I actually wanted to go to WrestleMania, and I had the, I had the, uh, the uh, what's the word I want to use? The COVID? ability. The, the, like the, the ability, I was blessed, blessed is the try to word I'm using, to go to three WrestleManias. And now I'm a person that you can't pay me to watch wrestling. I just can't do it. It's horrible. So your first WrestleMania was 33? No, 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 no. My first WrestleMania I saw was three. But the first WrestleMania I ever went to was 20. That's what I meant. Because I, it's funny because I went to three, 13, and 23, and 33 I didn't, I didn't go to. Well, one was in Chicago, one, the other two were Detroit, but uh, one was Detroit, one was Pontiac, but I wanted to go to 33 no matter where it was to keep my streak going, and instead and of went, being in Detroit, it was in Orlando. Right, so that's the last one I went to, which was in Orlando, so yeah. during that time frame, it was like, I want to go see the spectacle, and the first right after your bar got shot up. Yeah, exactly, were, right, right, in Orlando, People were right. backing out of going because they were afraid to go down there. Right, so WrestleMania 20 was the first WrestleMania I went to in Miami, um, Rock and, and Cena, quote-unquote, once in a lifetime. And, um, I, you know, the atmosphere and everything, I, I, you know, I, I'll tell that story a different time, but just walking into Why? my This is WrestleMania. Yeah, this is it. This is your, this is your moment. For I I love telling the story because like it was in um um whatever the fuck the 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 stadium was called at the time it's changed so much but Dolphin Stadium is what I you know that's what I go as and I'll never forget leading up to that it was all this great stuff you know you had Hall of Fame and access all that great stories but and I'm getting goosebumps now when I walked in to the stadium and walked through to my seat we had amazing seats back then you can get like like hundred section for a hundred thirty dollars not anymore. But I just I, – I, I literally – and I'm not bullshitting you. I literally was very close to tearing up because I was like – I've been watching this thing since 1984. And if I'm not mistaken, that, that was like 2012. 87. If you were three in 87, you weren't watching the 84. What did I say? 84. What, what, whatever year WrestleMania 3 was. No, that 87. Sorry. 87, yeah. Right. And, and I, I was a three going on four around the time. And – uh I was watching wrestling for, you know, 20, 25, 30 years, and not only was that my first WrestleMania, that was the first time I ever been to a live event, period. Nice. So, so much nice. emotion. So, anyway, that's what WrestleMania is for those couple of years, and then ever since 33, I like I was trying to say, I've never, like, I don't watch a product anymore. The product, to me, I apologize, is shit. However, the two shows I will still watch every year is Royal Rumble and WrestleMania, and if I can, tr- if I can do it, and I tried so hard, this year, 
I will always and forever until the day I die attempt to go to WrestleMania because you don't. I don't think you have to be a fan of the current product. You just have to be a fan ever because you have the Hall of Fame. And, and there's always a moment. Yes, and just being part of that atmosphere. I mean, we're going to talk about some of those moments, but I don't want to take up too much time. But that, so I've had different stages, basically. That that's where my WrestleMania. What about you? You're you're, con- you're congregating with fans all over the world, and that's right. what and WrestleMania it's, it's not has. Like just people from Florida. It's right. all over the world. Like correct. Said, yeah. Before the pandemic, that's what it was. Reflection nights. Everybody congregated for WrestleMania all over the world. We were all we are all wrestling fans. And JB's right. It, either, you might not like the product, you might not like the storylines, you might not like the build, but the ambiance, the spectacle, and the people around you. And if you pay two thousand dollars, god damn it, enjoy your six seven hours there. And if you if you pay two thousand dollars for Saturday and Sunday. God bless you. You are a true fan. So with that being said, you know what? Let's define. I mean, sometimes we they say WrestleMania is about the moments. We will talk about matches that we like, that matches that that we say sucked balls. But WrestleMania has always been defined with moments. And the funniest thing is how do we as the PWR podcast define our moments? So it's very hard because I think it's very subjective for all of us. So I'll go first here, whether you agree or disagree. But I think the the term WrestleMania moment started with one iconic moment. And TW was there in 1987 at the Pontiac Silverdome, 93,173. Number one, that the location is a moment. Right. That's what I'll right. say first and foremost. The, the announcement of the, the attendance. The, the announcement of the attendance. And I don't care, Uncle Dave Meltzer, you fuckhead. It is still 93,173. It's not 60,000, not 70. There was 93,000 people there. But anyway, that's one part of the moment. But the moment that TW was doing for the Twitchites, for the big Vitoites out there, was the slam heard around the world, Hulk Hogan picking up Andre the Giant. That is a moment. Now, let's be honest. The match is meh. It's meh. But... You know why it's meant? Because we know the history, we know the backdrop, and because we're very hardcore wrestling fans. You know, if it, thank God there was no social media. Thank God oh, there was God. no phones. Because what Hogan did to Andre, you know, people would have said, yeah, I already saw him. I saw Kerry Von Erich slam Andre the Giant in Texas. I saw Kamala slam Andre the Giant. I saw, you know, uh, was Killer Khan slam Andre the Giant. It was great that no one knew it, or very few knew, that Andre got off his feet. And the buildup of him being undefeated for 15 years made that slam even more iconic. Let's go to TW. Not only he was there, he probably, like, you know, felt the, the reverberations of that slam around the world. Well, first of all, you know, 87, I'm 13, going on 14, so I'm 10 years old, JB. Um, and... I remember, you know, because my mom and my stepdad bought me and my little brother tickets and then bought my stepbrother's sister and her husband and two kids tickets to take us. But they were cheap because, you know, they're trying to fill 20, you know, or 93,000 seats. Um, I think they were like 25 bucks each, but we were way the fuck up there, man. But you, but again, it, that goes to the point that you don't give a shit. You're just happy to be there, right? And, and I remember the first match, I think, was the six-man with the Killer Bees and, and – uh, no, Killer Bees, I think, versus Orton in Morocco or something like that was first, and it might not even have been on. No, it was it was Can Am versus Orton in Morocco. Yeah, yes, first yes, match. Can-Man, yes, no, no, yes, it wasn't. Yes. It wasn't Orton in Morocco. 
Yes, it was. It was? Trust the, okay. trust the professor. <laughs> and they were this big. And I had no idea what was going on, but you could hear the fans react, and you could kind of see the TV that you would see the Lions highlights on, only it was so fucking daylight still that you couldn't because of the reflection. So you're just enjoying the moment. And when they announced the attendance, I remember looking at my little brother's older sister and her husband. I was like, what, did we, we just set a record? And you just felt awesome that you were there and you set, you helped set the record or whatever. And Meltzer's beef is paid attendance versus what was filler or whatever. Regardless, there's fucking 93,000 bodies in exactly. the building, right? And I was there, and it was mind-blowing. The only other place that's ever blown me away like that, I went to the Winter Classic at the uh, Big House for the U of M field, and that had 100, or it holds 110,000. I think it was only 73,000 for the hockey game because of all the shit they got to put on the field. But I went there for a Michigan game, actually. I don't know why I brought up the Winter Classic. The Michigan game, I went, and there was 110,000 people there. They had just finished that extra ring above. And from outside, it looks like a library, like two, three floors tops, because most of it's underground. So when I walk through that tunnel, look, me, of all people, speechless, because all you see is heads. You don't even see shoulders and bodies. You just see heads. And as a 13-year-old, that's even more impressive you know like or overwhelming because you're like holy shit how are we all getting out of here and and you just sit there and it's funny you said something about tearing up uh, about a week ago and a half i went to a red wings game and and i said oh look at you talking about the goosebumps and i stood up for the anthem sorry to break your guys' heart i stood up I'm right um, with you. and i looked around and they only let 750 people in there and you could see you can only sit two people skip a row two people skip a, you know skip a couple and I looked around, and I literally choked up because I was so happy to be back, right? Like, just to be there with 750, and all I know is if they let us trickle in like that, the day I go there where there's 32,000 people in that building, I, I'm going to cry like a bitch. There's no doubt in my mind because mm -hmm. wrestling, hockey, football, baseball, basketball, whatever it is, it's, there's something about being there. Like, baseball is distant, distant third between hockey and football. But being there is fun. So mm -hmm. imagine being at a WrestleMania and being a fan. Like, you're not just there for the get out of your house and eat a hot dog and have a beer. You're actually there. And so I like JB's story, and I'm glad you told it instead of waiting for another day when who knows when we'll see you again. And you, uh -huh. was, there, and you was there for the slam. Right. Talk about that atmosphere, yeah. and that's why it's defined and, as and, the and moment. That was that's my question. When this slam happened, what was it like in the building? Dude, it was it's deafening. It was deafening, and and you know how you see like on TV where I don't know if they did it. I've never watched WrestleMania many a three back on DVD. I have it, but I've never watched it back. When he said, you know how I don't know if they did this on this, but the camera shakes because the building does. Yes, mm -hmm. your vision did that because when it happened, the whole place erupted. And you're shaking from the building. I saw people. Shaking. I saw people get up once the slam. Once Andre's foot was That's over. What I mean. Yeah, and everybody even, got even, up. Even Ford Field for WrestleMania 23, uh, for stuff at that one. I don't. Even, I remember Shawn Michaels versus Cena. That's why I went. Right. I got it. I went free every time. I never. Well, no, I bought the WrestleMania 13 tickets, but the 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 WrestleMania 23. No, it's Ford Field. It's smaller than the, the Silverdome. It was still full, and it, and I'm I'm mad at you, JB, because you got to go for because it's not WrestleMania anymore. It's WrestleMania week. 
And I went when it was just WrestleMania. There was no Hall of Fame the night before. I think there was a Hall of Fame for 23, but it was low key. And I don't even think I think it might have been on USA Network at like 11 o'clock at Maybe night. Closed at off Theater. to the public, right? You could. It was just the 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 the, the business could be there. And maybe I could have got in there somehow because I almost got to be a Drew. No, they, they started, they, no, they started actually your WrestleMania. Theater, I think. Yeah. yeah, it was at Fox Theater for but the fans. I know. And I mm-hmm. went last minute, gave me tickets, they went off the radio, but, but the, the ambiance, and, and the cool thing was, like I said, for the Can-Am Connection match, the Strike Force, whatever, no, it was Can-Am because Tito was with the Bulldogs and the Danny Davis Hart yeah. Foundation. But as it got darker, it got better, right? Because now, the only lights are on the ring, and that, to me, that's cool shit. And when NXT first went on USA Network, I thought they were going to do the show that way, and then they turned the damn lights on. I I like it when the – like, that's the cool things about NWA memories is the dark arena with the lights in the ring, the the hard – hard like, it looks like it's 1,000 degrees in there. Like, you're an old fogey, TW. We, nah, just the young time. kids don't want darkness. They want the light. I don't like people that don't wear knee pads, so I'm not too damn old, so <laughs> – but that match, the the slam, and this was going to tell you when you said it was an eh match. It, no, it wasn't live. I'm, I'm telling you because it was believable. And like, yeah, I'm sure if I watch it back, it's going to be terrible. But as a 13-year-old kid who doesn't know and I'm watching it live, everything looked realistic because the very first spot is him trying to slam him and falling back. So now his back's wrecked for the whole match, which is funny because now that I've been in the business, you do that to explain why Andre the Giant is just lumbering around rather than moving, right? Because Hogan's hurt, so now Andre just slowly wait, let's steps not, on let's, him, punches wait, wait. him, whatever. Hold the, the match critiques. Let's just keep it to the moment but with I'm just the saying, fans. Yeah. I understand where you go with it. got the yeah. reaction they wanted it to get. But, but, so yeah, we got the reaction. lit up. The reason I say meh is we will, we'll talk about the greatest match still ever in WrestleMania history in our slack. Right. But, JB, you want to add on to the moment of Andre Hogan slamming? Just yeah, real quick. Um, also, let me just—I I hate agreeing with TW, but I think for any live event, I don't care what uh, pay-per-view, Raw, whatever. There is no such thing, and I, I might be wrong and be crucified for this, but there is no such thing as a eh match when you're in the in the in the place. I, I just right, I, you I don't realize it till you watch. It you back. go back and watch you, it on television. live because right. it's it's. You don't have your phone in your hand. You don't. You're not talking to somebody. You're not live chatting somebody. You're just there watching it. I right. still see botches, but I, right. I don't necessarily go, eh, your reaction is only to who won and lost when you're there live. You're like, ah, that fucking guy won. You know, right. you're, not, you're, not, you're not critiquing the match. You're right. Correct. You're spot on with that. You're literally, your, your, your belief is completely freaking. You're like, well, what's next? Right. Yeah. So for WrestleMania 3, just three quick things I want to mention. Number one, because uh, at this point, even though I, I started watching in the build of WrestleMania 3, I, I would never in a million at that time ever dare to ask my parents to order a pay-per-view. I was just terrified <laughs> to three? ask. Did you even know yeah. what a pay-per-view was? So No, no, I didn't. So, but, so what I did, though, is my uncle had a, had a um, uh, uh, what you call it, uh, a card to, like, rent. Box. No, a card to rent VHS, you know, like those old school oh. bomb and pop things. So I started going, it, it was like a tradition. Every Saturday, my mom would take me and my brother to McDonald's, and right across the street was a video thing. So the first thing I ever rented was WrestleMania 2, and then I saw WrestleMania 1. So at this point now, when I watched WrestleMania 3, I had saw the first two WrestleManias. So the first thing that came out at me was, shit, it's outside. So that in itself was different because the other two WrestleManias were indoors. 
Secondly, I remember Vince in the open, like, his welcome to WrestleMania. That stood out to me. And then third, obviously, the slam. And the one thing that I remember leading up to this Did you match, say it was outside? Yeah, WrestleMania 3 was outside. Can you say this with me real quick? Repeat after me. Pontiac? Well, you know what I mean. Dome. It was an open. St- it was an open. You know what I'm no, talking about. No, it's not. Open it's dome. a dome. It's a op- okay, okay, okay. It's an open dome. Open dome. Okay, so it was the first open dome. Anyhow, you bet. You bet. It was the first time a wrestling event for the WWE was in a stadium on the TV. Open, open dome. Is okay. What I open. Meant to say. It was anyway. a straight solid dome. But the thing was like the sunlight could come in because it was just a oh, white. Oh really? Yes. I never knew that until now. No, it's I, not, I thought it was you could not open. see outside. Oh, I did not know that. March in Michigan, they would have froze to death. There's no, <laughs> it's on grass because they got the turf there, so maybe that threw you off, but it's it's Le- not open. And then Logi- the last- Logistically, Toronto is the retractable dome that opens. Yes. It's an open air. So go ahead, and JD. I think I'm, I'm still, after 30 plus years, I'm still learning. Yes. But <laughs> the, uh, the uh, other thing was, right up until that match, I remember... Jesse Ventura, who doesn't get enough credit as a commentator, just saying the tail of the tape. And you didn't really – I had never heard that in wrestling before. In boxing, yeah, but he's talking right. about, like, their freaking neck sizes, their biceps, like, the whole run. Hand size. Yeah, it had that big fight feel. And then, again, Jesse, when when Hogan slams him, till this day, I remember Jesse's call. Like, he slammed him. He slammed him. And it, I always remember that from WrestleMania 3, that, that – he slammed him. He slammed him like in complete shock. Even yeah. though he probably saw this shit like a hundred times already by that point. <laughs> uh, of course, that's that's what it is. Gorilla, you know, saying that, and Jesse Ventura playing off on being jealous of Hulk Hogan. Again, the slam represents the moments in WrestleMania. So I'm gonna go with a, you know, how do we define moments in WrestleMania? Because sometimes we don't remember all the matches we don't remember like all the good matches sometimes we remember the bad stuff so i'm gonna go i'm gonna pick i'm gonna sprinkle in those moments here so you know let's let's skip ahead because you know everybody remembers this moment because if you don't have the wwe network on peacock you know shameless plug but if you don't have that or if you're not a wrestling fan you don't and you don't remember this you're not a fan you're not a wrestling fan but the but again tw was there WrestleMania 13, Stone Cold Steve Austin bleeding, taking the sharpshooter, the 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 no DQ match, the lights out match, whatever you want to call it, between Bret Hart and Stone Cold Steve Austin. It's a WrestleMania moment because Stone Cold was was over like Rover. Number one, number two, even in a loss, Steve Austin went up to the stratosphere in professional wrestling, not in the WWE. In professional wrestling, as one of the top guys, so I'm going to go the to JB. Turn. The double and the double turn happened. So JB, you know, like I said, I, we can remember that match. I'm not saying we won't forget what happened, the nuances in the match, but the blood, the the camera angle. Kevin Dunn does not get credit for the camera angle that they had on Steve Austin, and when you was allowed to see blood, the blood trickling down on Stone Cold Steve Austin's face, fighting off the sharpshooter is technically a WrestleMania moment. Agree, disagree, or you have a different take? I 100% agree. I don't know who the fuck booked this ending, but I would assume it was Pat Patterson. What an amazing way to book this finish. Because, and and for me, Brett and TW, you know, we we agree in this. To me, Bret Hart is the greatest of all time. I know TW is like your A1, you know, A1, uh, you know, 
A2 with Sean. But I've always loved Brett from day one. But it was a weird feeling because, like you said, there was like a fever pitch for, for Stone Cold. He was getting up there. He was probably already up there, and all it took was a little thing. And that just goes to show, like, how Bret Hart was. Bret Hart knew that Stone Cold was going to be the guy, and he was willing to do things in a certain way. And Bret Hart was the one that called that match. But just talking about that iconic moment with the blood, when he was in the sharpshooter and Stone Cold's face, you can see he's in agony. And he yells, and as he yells, all the blood just trickles Rolls, down his face. Yeah. And him being such a friggin' badass that he's not going to give up, and he actually passes out. And this is also a very big moment, just I feel, in the history of wrestling, because I feel like this is the moment where the fans became heel as well. Because it was no longer cool to root against the, 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 the clean-cut good guy. The clean cut good guy was the was the guy you, you hated. You no, it was cool ass. to root to cheer against him. Oh, that, it's no longer cool. Like it was cool to boo the good guy for a while there. Like you were the you were the black sheep or whatever. Like yeah, now think, everyone's booing him. Right. I that, feel like this was mean? the moment. Yeah. This was the moment. And also, obviously, it was uh, going to start to be a turning point for WWE in the Monday Night Wars and stuff like that because this is the guy that was going to take them to the promised land. But, yeah, WrestleMania 13, what an iconic moment in, in, the, in that match. And, um, you know, that's why Stone Cold, you ever listen to his podcast, he always thanks Bret Hart because he's like, without Bret Hart, he doesn't know if he, you know, he would be where he was, you know. And TW, what say you about the, the blood trickling? I'm going to say something else about this this particular show because I'm sure you're going to get to it. But um, two things. I would never, ever admit this normally, but I'm going to do it. I don't think I've ever admitted it on the show. By 97, I'm in the business at WrestleMania going on three years. I had my first match in May of 94. I didn't watch wrestling often. I went because a group of wrestlers went with a group of fans from the indies around here. I was pretty big at doing stuff with the fans around here just to show gratitude. So I went to some high school stuff to see fans do stuff. Who It blew them away that I would do it, but I always said to myself, what would I do if people I liked came and watched me at my school? And, you know, they don't know me from Adam, whether I have a day job or if I wrestle all the time. So I thought, you know, whatever. So I went. And I went to that building, and at the time, and this is where I'm going to tell you, they got me. So as someone who didn't watch it, I still peeked in to check on Brett, right? And at that time, I didn't get it, man. They totally worked me because I felt like Brett was really trying to stay a good guy, <laughs> and I kept making, th I kept thinking, why are they making him look like a bitch like this? And and I felt like they're not giving him a fair shot. Like I didn't get that was the point that he was turning into a whiny crybaby or whatever. And then you add to it. Today, I held in my hand a stunning Steve Austin figure where he comes with the Hollywood Blondes gimmicks. And uh, I didn't buy it because I have one on order, and if it ever comes, I'll be happy. But anyways, I've been a Steve Austin fan since the first time I've ever seen him. So this particular match, my first win ever was my second match. First night was a tie. No, first night I lost to Rico, and he became the champ the next. No, losing myself. I lost to Rico in the first match, and the next night I beat him, and they decided to make me a champion of this tour at that point. So I won it. And when I won the match, I jumped out of the ring, and I hopped up three times, dropped to a knee, and kissed my bicep. Because that's what Stunning Steve Austin did when he either won the U.S. title or the TV title on WCW. So I was, I was, Austin's party number three. I just never call him it because he became so popular. It's like saying George Strait's your favorite country singer. It's just bullshit, you know, whatever. So 
it's probably Sean Brett Austin, if we're being honest. That match pissed me off so bad because as a guy in the business, the kiss of death is tapping out, right? You you don't ever – you lose to any finisher or anything else. You just don't want to be the guy that goes, yes, yes, I quit, right? So when he's in that sharpshooter, I'm like, motherfucker. And then I start thinking – now Brett looks like an asshole because he won't tap. Like, he's in his mood. So I'm just in the arena just going, what the fuck are they doing? And then I finally realized it's genius. The reason he bleeds out is so, A, Brett can win, and, B, Austin doesn't lose. He doesn't tap out. He doesn't quit. They say you can't go on. And now, because of his character, he can spend the next three weeks bitching about it, saying, motherfucker, you didn't stop the match. I was I was taking a breather or whatever. So it's way better than people give it credit for, and people give it credit. I mean, the booking of it, the, the, you said it. Brett called everything in there. And then the second thing I was going to tell you, a shitty moment. I told you guys about the slam and how you, your eyes shook because the building did. That arena, Rock, teamed with Rikishi and the Road Warriors, I think. Or he fought Rikishi. Yeah, Rikishi was the Sultan. It was the Road Warriors and the Rock versus Rikishi. That uh, I made Johnson. Can't die, Rocky, die. Die, Rocky, die. So loud. You're like, like, it's not love to hate you. It's like, dude, if you go kill yourself, you'd be doing us a favor. And it was just, you're just like, wow. And I don't think it was long after, but it was to be there and hear it was, you, you, if you didn't feel bad for that dude, you don't have a heart. That is true. I mean, you, you know, the, the way that the, that WrestleMania captures a moment like that, you know, that, that is what great television is all about, Reflectionites. You know, and sometimes it's a hit, and sometimes it's a miss here. So, you know what? I don't want to hog up all this glory, all this moments here. You know, my guys have seen WrestleManias. They might have not seen all the WrestleManias, but, you know, they got their own WrestleMania. So the prodigal one, J.B., I don't care where you want to go. If you saw last year's WrestleMania, there was a WrestleMania moment. Say what it is, whatever it is. What is your WrestleMania moment? So we can talk and banter about it. Yeah, so a lot of my moments are gonna are like in the first ten WrestleManias and the WrestleManias I went to. Everything else, I really don't, I could care less about. Just being honest. That's uh, fine. So um, I'll talk about one moment that, and uh, you know, I'll probably get roasted for this, but there is one moment in wrestling that. Even after seeing it a thousand times, I don't know why I get so freaking emotional every time I watch it. And I'm talking about WrestleMania 7, when Randy Savage and Elizabeth reunite. That whole, the way it was done from the time uh, Sherry, Sherry Martell is kicking Randy Savage and Elizabeth runs down. Throw Sherry over, and I'm getting goosebumps again. This is fucking crazy. And they're, they're, you know they're talking every time I see that, and then the crowd, everyone they show the people in the crowd crying and stuff. I always get emotional. I don't know why, but just the way that the production was done was really good. Um, and uh, so there's that. Um, I'm just gonna list off a couple. I'm not gonna go too in depth, but there's that. I know WrestleMania four gets a lot of hate unfairly, I believe, because. I enjoy tournaments, and I believe that was Macho Man's coming out party of what he did there, winning four matches. That's something definitely that was big for me. Also, uh, WrestleMania six, Hogan and Warrior, two f- baby faces, the two biggest guys arguably in, in WWE at the moment, you know, going together. 
those are three just quick moments that that jump out at me when we're talking about these old school recipes. I have a couple others, but I'll, I'll you know I'll save them a little bit. But those three, I don't know if you guys want to you know delve into any of those, but. For the the first uh, you know uh, seven WrestleManias, those are three moments that stick out for me. Well, you know what you could say with Ultimate Warrior and Randy Savage that match that you know career versus career. Yes. Of course. Again, when you you do that for a WrestleMania match, that's already big. It's already a main event type of match. And even though that was almost in, in the mid card area of that match, and then they went into halftime. So that that's how and big arguably, it was. Not to cut you off, Professor. Arguably. I think that might have been Macho. I mean, sorry, um, Ultimate Warrior's probably greatest match ever. He probably would tell you that too. I mean, you know, he hasn't had good dance partners except Rick, 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 Rick Rude and Randy Savage. So when you see that, and then you know, maybe you know him putting his foot on Randy Savage. You know, some people are fifty-fifty about the way that presentation is, but then that's all forgiven as long as he gets back with his girl. That, his I think that was Savage's idea. It was, was. his idea, and I love Bobby. That, he you know, wanted people to think he was done, right? Like, and he, um, I forgot the word they used, but there was no question. Like, he lost, and I remember Bobby Heenan's call because Bobby Heenan's talking, and then he just, you know, in typical Bobby, he's like, "God, no, no, no!" And just the whole thing came together beautifully. And of course, you know, re reuniting with his bride to be, and of course that that goes on until SummerSlam. Uh, T.W., what you want to add on to it or whatever? <clears throat> you're asking me my moments or you're adding on to his moments what, his, what his moments if his moments first my my say, I, I was prepared to say that was probably my third favorite moment but then i realized my favorite moment was the one i was forgetting but savage warrior the the thing about that was it's the only time in my life i cheered against the warrior because i did not want savage to lose i didn't want the warrior to lose either and when he pinned him with his foot, I was so fucking mad. I was like, what are you doing? I'm like, you can't do Randy like that. Because Randy was one of the first heels that I cheered for in junior high when I was like, I don't give a shit if I'm not supposed to like this guy. I love this dude because he just he's just over the top. Like you said, he's not the biggest guy, but he still felt like a cartoon or a comic book come to life, you know. And so when, when it ended, and what WrestleMania was that? Seven. Seven. So WrestleMania seven is four years. So I'm I'm high school still, maybe a little after high school, ninety two, whatever, ninety three. Um, I am not embarrassed to say when Elizabeth came on stage to him, my sensitive caring man of the new millennium ass had tears in his eyes and you're just looking like, motherfucker, what this ain't how you're supposed to be watching the wrestling <laughs> show. But it was like he said, it was I wish I could remember Bobby Heenan's call because I just I was so mad at the Warrior pinning him with his foot because because it worked. I thought, fuck, he's done. Even if he wasn't a retirement match, he just got, he took five press slams or whatever five, and then I was mad that Macho Man did the elbow five times and yeah. the Warrior stood up, and I was like, you scary bitch. And I wasn't in the business yet, and I was like, you don't do that to Macho like that. Like, damn you. And 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 but it was all worth it. When uh when uh Elizabeth came out timid as shit, WCW ruined Elizabeth for me, by the way, because she was all class and elegance, and then became oh, no. a drug I, I like I love the slutty slutty end of your with the highlights of the air and the leather. Elizabeth. No, that, no, nothing will beat the itsy bitsy teeny beanie. That was an Elizabeth. That was, that was a polka dot. It. 
Right. Liz. You, you got lust in your eyes, yeah. But that, that's that's what, a great moment. And like I said, it was going to be my third. Got bumped to four, but it's still eh, – no, it's third. The other one's getting bumped to four. Well, that, that's, that's your preference. Again, moments are subjective. That's a great know. moment. And you know what? To expound on, you know, the big fight feel that we, we, you know, some WrestleManias catch that big fight feel moment. Hogan Andre is big fight feel. Hogan and Warrior, big fight feel. Even Warrior and Savage is big fight feel. So, you know, that is the beauty of it. So, you know what? Let's, I actually want to, sh you know, shift up to WrestleMania. Which one was Roxena 1, 20? 28 or 29 in Florida because number Florida. one, Come to no, number one, you know, I, I forget what year it was, but then WrestleMania. No, 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 no. I'm not talking about that. I'm, I'm not talking about. I'm not talking about the year. I'm talking about. I forget what year that WrestleMania lost his kayfabe, and then we just really got into the dirt sheets. You know what I'm saying? I don't know what year that was, but it probably was like 96, 97, and around that time. So you know, AOL days. Yeah, the AOL days, you know, in the buffering days. So after like 97 and, nine, you know, and on, it was about, you know, the hotlines. It was about the dirt sheets and all that stuff. So it kind of lost, it already lost its K-Babe. So we're already knowing the intricacies of the business. So I wanted to go up to Rock and Cena because to me, in the 2010s, this to me was the last big fight feel because people were amped up for this because Rock was still quote-unquote, you know, at a good age and was still in his prime to go up against the man that was ruling the roots of the aggression. This was the last big fight field because I don't really, even Rock Cena 2 lost, it wasn't a big fight field, it was just Cena getting that win back, so he was getting, you know, it was predictable. So this was legit where you could, I was the Cena fan, I had my Cena shirt, and I was cheering Cena on. That's how big it was for me because this was the last time because, you know, in the PWS family, it was me against A-Track Brown and Billy Ray Valentine. They didn't like Cena. I did. I was cheer. They were cheering for The Rock. I was cheering for Cena. And I had, you know, there was moments there. I was like, ah, ah. and there was moments that I was like, get him, Cena. And when he was kicking out and all those false finishes. And then I saw when he was doing, when he was going for the people's elbow. I was like, no, not there, not there. And I, you want to talk about crying? I cried. <laughs> I didn't cry when Elizabeth and Randy Savage reunited. I cried when Cena lost to the Rockets, and I was like, "Damn it, these guys!" Are gonna, the, you know, I'm gonna say my PWS <laughs> brothers is gonna make fun of me for the next year and all that shit. And you know, I, take, I take it like a champ. But anyway, you know what it was. But also, I, I, you know, Cena got my respect even more because he knew what was best for business. But it was the last, to me, big fight feel. So I'm going to go to TW. Do you agree, disagree, or have a different take on the last big fight feel of WrestleMania? Because I haven't really... I, I, I think, and I think I've said this on the show before, I think AEW will never touch it, WCW will never touch it, uh, new fucking Japan will never touch it, and WWE will probably never touch it again. The greatest feud, booking, whatever, in the last 20 years... Is Austin or is Cena versus The Rock? They set it up the WrestleMania before with the Miz, where the Miz retained the belt, and then we waited a fucking year for it and still cared. That's old school. That's uh, yeah, old Hogan, school booking. Hogan Warrior build up from Survivor Series six months, but a longer because it's a year. Then I I literally was like, that motherfucker lost. 
And because he lost, I didn't think it was predictable that he was going to win. And in the rematch, them stopping along the way and The Rock winning the belt from CM Punk and having to defend it against him, I think that made it look more like The Rock was sticking around, like, no way he's losing the belt that quick. So That's I think take. you That's still thought either guy could win or lose. And I expected Cena to lose because I thought everyone thought he was going to win, just get the win back. But when they added the belt to it, it made it look like The Rock was back, and he wasn't just there for the one-off or the whatever. I don't think it's the last big fight. I think Undertaker versus Brock was. But I think people blew it off a bit because they thought, oh, there's no way he's losing to Brock. He's part-time. And then he did. So you're like, whoa! So mm -hmm. I think that was huge. And then I think when Roman beat him, even though it wasn't the same thing because he had already lost, I think people thought, there's no fucking way he's losing twice. And then he lost to Roman, which made people hate Roman more. So I, I think, think that was both of those fights. Bro, I, right. but, but also, you're forgetting Taker Michaels 1 and 2. You're forgetting even oh. Triple H, who I do not like, 1 and 2 with The Undertaker. Those matches didn't even have belts involved. They, they were big enough on their own. So maybe show-wise, those matches drew more people in, and then people got to see other stuff. But I think, I don't know that there's been one since Taker and, and Triple H, but I, I or, well, Brock and, and Triple H, or Undertaker, but, uh, but I, I think it was times along the way where I didn't like The Rock and Cena stuff because you had to wait a year. But mm -hmm. in hindsight, they did everything right. They, there was never a stumbling block. And it lasted, yeah. it's three WrestleManias, but two years is how long it lasted. And we mm -hmm. never got sick of it. And they still only wrestled twice. Right. These fuckers wrestle each like other every other week now, and you still right. only got Rock Cena twice and punks, Punk versus Rock once. That mm -hmm. shit is like the stuff we grew up with, and it's money. It, it's money, number one, but like like I said, that's to me, and we'll talk about Undertaker's stuff here, but right. Undertaker's a different uh, ambiance to me. It's a different feeling, but when it's I say attraction. It, it's the attraction with the undefeated streak, but I don't call it a big fight feeling. I call that uh, something different, but I just want to get back to the big fight feel uh, per se with Roxena. JB, agree, disagree, or have a different take on that? Yes, to me, I, I think I, it's still a last big fight feeling of something. Yeah, so I um, yeah, I talked about it earlier. This was my first WrestleMania, my first time in attendance, and I I was I don't want to say I was a huge uh, rock fan, even like you know, because I was never a huge rock fan. I I appreciated his work, but. I'm a huge fan against anybody who's against John Cena. So I was rooting hardcore. <laughs> I was rooting hardcore for The Rock. And let me tell you, there was about maybe 1% of me that actually thought The Rock was going to win. Because it's John Cena, and he's like the untouchable guy. So I'm like, there's no way they're going to bring back Rock to beat John Cena. This they is all, just they the all saying, you know what, y'all saying this after the fact. I was the one, I knew that, you know, for some strange reason, it was me against the world. But anyway, go ahead, JB. I, uh, I, I don't want to ramble. For the, I was rooting for The Rock. I was rooting for Cena. I was rooting for The Rock, 100%. But <laughs> when he won, I, and here's the thing, like, I try when it comes, even till now, when it comes to Royal Rumble, WrestleMania, even though I don't watch the product, but at least those things, not to read dirt sheets, because... I still right. miss that genuine surprised feeling. So I, I try to stay away from dirt sheets for those two things. So when The Rock won, I popped so hard. And for me, though, the best moment. That's right after he peed. 
<laughs> the bet right after I pumped. The, the, he peed. He popped. <laughs> the uh, the best moment of all this came though when I was leaving because we you know I had drove and it took about. That's what I'm curious. I don't know if TW drove to, to, to Pontiac, what the parking situation was like. But to get out of WrestleMania 28, I was in the parking garage and did not move an inch for about two and a half hours. And oh, wow. you, you guys know I'm a fucking troll. Do you know what I'm saying? they're selling time? t-shirts on the off-ramp and assholes are stopping and buying them. So it's even slower because when it starts moving, you're stuck. Well, mm-hmm. no one was, no one was um, selling anything in the garage, but we weren't moving. And I see, I'm seeing all these kids, these Cena kids, and they're like, some of them are crying, and they're like so sad. And for two and a half hours straight, I had three other people with me in the car that could vouch for this. For two and a half hours straight, I had my volume on max, on loop, playing the Rocks theme song. So over and over and over for two and a half hours. People were coming by, and they were giving me, like, daps, like the Rock fans. And the Cena fans, you could just tell, especially the little kids, were so pissed off. And the parents were probably like, look at this old asshole. Why is he doing this? <laughs> yes, that, 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 you great. are an asshole for doing what you did. But you know what? Great. You had your night for that. But you know what? Let's now take a little bit of a turn here, Reflection Ice, you know. If we talk about the best moments, we got to at least talk about some of those worst moments or the, you know, the goths or the what were they thinking about? So it's hard to kind of like define one of those worst moments. You know, you know, matches are not worse because, you know, again, that's subjective. I'm trying to think of a moment here, but you know what? What comes to mind and props to our executive producer, Big Ray Hernandez, he already gave me the picture and I looked at it and was like, yeah, this match... It, it, not that it sucked, but it was like, it's one of those moments you got to remember. And since we were talking about Undertaker and the under, undefeated streak, one of those undefeated streak matches he had was against the Giant Gonzalez. Ugh. Now, on paper, El Gigante, without that fur suit on, it could have been okay, could have been decent, but the man can't wrestle. He he didn't even have five moons of doom. He had a half a moon, half a move of doom. So you know what? I'm gonna go to TW here. Is Giant Gonzalez one of the worst moments in WrestleMania history, or do you have a different worst moment? The worst moment in WrestleMania history is Hillbilly Jim and King Kong Bundy versus the Midgets. No, oh, hell no, hell no. That's called that's a, that's a squash that motherfucker. King Kong Bundy hit the elbow drop on Little B. That was one of the dude. best. That, was no, that arena was like, oh, oh my. I wanted to talk about it because we didn't. But uh, Macho Man versus Crush is terrible. What? Okay. Uh, wait, wait. And JB. That's, that, that's his. Match. This is his worst moments. Go ahead. Okay. Giant Gonzalez versus this. I, I also... I think he fought Kamala in one of them, and that was garbage, too. But Giant Gonzalez, you can't, you know, that's bad. Yeah, Giant Gonzalez. Fact, he he could have wrestled a good match, but he was bad the second he showed up in the damn suit that Andre wore on the $6 million man episode as Harry and the Hendersons. It's so terrible. The second, no. El Gigante in WCW, I was, I was glad he was a good guy. I was glad he was Sting's friend, and he looked like a gladiator. He looked like Farouk before Farouk looked like Farouk, but in red and black. And then he goes there, and you're like, what the fuck? What? Like, if anyone has a bone to pick, Terry Taylor, Ron Simmons, get in line. Because 
Giant Gonzalez is going to bitch first because that's brutal. Yes. Garbage. Max Moon might be up there, too. He wasn't in WrestleMania, though. No, no, no. I mean, bitching about your gimmick and what you okay. look like. No. So, again, Giant Gonzalez, I, I disagree with Little Beaver moment. That was a great moment. He killed him. He killed yeah. him, dude. It was and, not good. You, know, you don't drop elbows on little people, man. No, I'll go to JB in a second, but I have to retort back. Little Beaver moment, that made fans cry, number one. Yes. That made fans you know, holding like a baby after the match. That injected emotion. That was a great moment. But we're talking about worst moments, and Giant Gonzalez still, you know, is on top of the mountain of this worst moment. So, JB, do you have a worst moment in WrestleMania history? I have a question. Is it worst moment or worst match? Because Giant Gonzalez versus Undertaker is really a match. It, yeah, we, we have to combine it a little bit both. So I think, and I'm just, I'm, I'm not really sitting here, like, analyzing. I'm just, first thing that came to my head. The worst match, one of the worst matches I've ever seen at WrestleMania is freaking LT versus Bam Bam Bigelow. As much as, you're you know, nuts. God bless you're Bam nuts. Bam's, huh? That's his you're worst nuts. moment, T.W., go ahead. You're you nuts. must You must explain yourself, T, uh, LT, JB. LT was absolute shit. Bam Bam Bigelow carried that. But that's the like the, the the first thing that comes to my mind. One of the worst moments ever, and I'll, I'll probably get hate, but I don't give a fuck. One of the worst moments in the history of professional wrestling. Fuck WrestleMania, but in the history of professional wrestling is John Cena fucking proposing to uh, Nikki Bella. Like, what in the fuck was that? Well, I don't. No one gives a shit about John Cena or Nikki Bella or their kayfabe ass relationship. Yes, yes, we did. Uh, what is going on? I I hear like uh, my, Big my Brother. My phone started playing a video. No, it was my buddy. <laughs> it just started I, playing a video on me. So, but I I digress, T Volts. I digress. And, you know, John Cena was forced to do that because he wanted the pussy. All right, let, let's get number one. Okay, and number two, after that proposal, he's never been the same man. He's he's trying to get he's trying to get away from WWE. He just wants to stay in Hollywood. So I agree with I half agree with you at being a worse moment. But, uh, you know, what we can define a, a worse moment, guys, and reflection nice and big Vita Whites, sometimes the celebrities, you know, sometimes they hit it out the park with Muhammad Ali and WrestleMania 1, but then you have, uh, you know, Steve Allen in WrestleMania 6 in the bathroom with the Bolsheviks. Now, you can say it's funny, but Steve Allen in a WWF uh, environment, that's not a... That's it, 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 I guess it def it feeds its purpose, but is it a great moment? I I wasn't impressed with that. Uh, what was it? R Robert Goulet singing the Canadian national anthem. I understand why they did it. They you know why they booked him because they were in Canada and he was Canada's greatest crooner. But that doesn't mean shit to me. I you know <laughs> I like Regis Fieldman. I like Thank Donald. Tr I like Donald Trump, but I didn't like uh, Donnie Wahlberg in WrestleMania ten. I'm a 902. I'm a 90210 junkie, reflection ice. But I didn't like Jenny Garth in WrestleMania 10. So, TW, any celebrities in that worst moment kind of category that comes to your mind? There's been some horrible ones, but I, I, you know what I, I it's you know oh. I, I block that stuff out and just think about the ones I like, right? So. Mm -hmm. For me, little prepudescent boy with posters on his wall, Pam Anderson and Jenny McCarthy are in a Shawn Michaels match. Come oh, on now. And that was then, great jerk-off content. <laughs> and then I love Pete Rose, and I don't know if it was always at WrestleMania, but taking the Tombstone or the Chokeslam from Kane, uh, 
the and Regis was always fun to be on there. But as far as you know, I don't like modern day celebrities that are on there because I like okay, I got one. Snooki. I got one. Snooki. Go, Tommy. There oh, yeah. you go. Snooky is and I didn't she wrestle? She did. Yeah. She wrestled. So yeah, I I don't like that. But just to get back to him, LT I expected to stink up the place. I think they made it last on purpose in case he did, so that people would just leave and wouldn't leave and miss the main event or whatever. And he impressed me and he took a beating and 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 bam bam did it for the boys. He he made him earn his paycheck and and to his credit afterwards. Lawrence Taylor has gone on the record saying that was the hardest thing he's ever done in his life. And, and, and to me, that means he respects the business. And so I got nothing bad to say about him because I, the bar was low for what I expected out of him. And he gave me 10 times more than I thought I'd get out of it. And so, yeah, if I watch it back, I'm probably going to cringe it and say, holy shit, I've been defending this for years, but live when I watched it, I was like, and I could tell two things. A, he was gassing, and yes. B, he was hurting, and he kept going. And I and I think I was upset because he beat him, right? Then he catch him with a power slam. LT won. Uh, he caught him like with a power slam out of nowhere, and and got the three count. Like it was. No, he, he won with a forearm. Oh yeah. Was, yeah, yeah. But but it was shocking. It was cool. But to me, he earned his keep. And and I think you have to. Uh, you have to put those guys over sometimes because then no one else is going to come. <laughs> oh, you're going to have to go get beat up. I didn't like Floyd Merriweather versus Big Show. I didn't like Mr. T versus Piper at WrestleMania too. I want it to be a wrestling match. I don't yeah. like one of the one of the you know most iconic things in the history of wrestling is is Muhammad Ali versus Antonio Inoki. I want no part of it. I've never watched it. I'll never watch it because it's I'm up. a wrestling fan. I'm not a boxer versus wrestler, and they're just going to lay around because I don't want you punching me and I don't want you stretching me um, in the sake of making it seem real. No. Fake the shit up and make it look good, and then I'll watch it because you know who's good? It was at SummerSlam, but one of the best celebrity wrestlers that's ever got – obviously, Kevin Green got rest his soul, but one of the greatest celebrity wrestling matches for me David Arquette. Uh, no, no. Now he's better. Now he's redeemed himself in my eyes. Was that dude from Arrow, uh, or not? Oh yeah, or whatever. Steve Amell. Russell Cody. Right, Steve Amell. Steve Amell. He did awesome, and I feel like a he liked the business, like he was a fan of it. B he didn't want to embarrass himself, and C he didn't want them to regret putting him in the ring. And he showed up, and he had a great match. And and so I like when celebrities do stuff. Okay, shit, you got me on a roll. I found a lot of shit I don't like. Also, WrestleMania 2, that fucking Battle Royal with all the football players, and it was hot. Garbage. I love that Battle Royal. Yeah, it had moments. It's, where they did a, it's subjective, JB. It's a, everybody's it's subjective. I remember the moments, like the William Perry stuff, and the pull the Bill Fredrick, and the pull the all that's cool, but everything surrounding it, garbage. Because first of all, even if you know what to do in the business, a Battle Royal is confusing. Throw a bunch of greenhorn football players in there, it's worse. Because now you just run around bonking people, and, and it looks fake as hell because they don't want to hurt nobody. So it's just, it's just terrible. I like hey, what they did it T for, to get eyes on the product. There was so much heat leading up to that in real life. But, but TW, this, this is how people remember a moment. They remember William Refrigerator Perry, but, the, but you, don't, you got the wrong NFL player who lasted the longest. Do you remember who lasted the longest? What was his name? Was it Bill Fralick? No. Jim the Animal. Nightmare. I know it. I know it. It was, 
It was Russ Francis. He Russ lasted Francis. the yeah. he lasted Man the longest. Nobody remember that. That's a great example of a bad moment on top of a good moment with River, William Refrigerator Perry. And nobody will not desecrate the name of Bad Bunny, the Puerto Rican sensation. Do not desecrate himself. He is he is a god. He's the greatest twenty four seven champion. He is not a bad moment. I don't care what anybody says. Seconds away from breaking I have his no neck. problem with that guy being in there. You know why? He's on TV and he comes off as A, he's happy to be there, and B, he's likable. So for me, that's all I care about. These newer celebrities that go on there who don't like Cardi B going on Twitter doesn't even know she's being worked and gets serious and then makes the news because she's an idiot, which means she's not a wrestling fan. Don't put her on there. Put people Bob Uger was a fucking wrestling fan. Billy Martin was a wrestling fan. Put people on there who want to be there. And by PS, pay them because they're gonna put eyes on your product. But stop I, I putting get. people on there just to put them on there. Like 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 you yeah. said, Snooky didn't belong there. Kim Kardashian didn't belong there. So yeah, all right, go ahead, JB. I didn't mean to cut you off. Go ahead. No, no, not at all. Uh, I was just agreeing with what you guys were saying. Like, you know, you guys mentioned Jenny Garth earlier, and I was a huge Nano Two One Zero fan myself, by the way. But Jenny Garth, I heard the stories. Uh, um, Bruce Pritchard, actually, on his podcast, he said Jenny Garth is probably one of the hardest celebrities he's ever worked with because she absolutely did not want to be there, like, at all. She was bitching the whole time, saying, well, how long is, it, how long is left? And she did not like the product. So there are so many people, like Regis, for example, who love the product. Like, those are the guys they have to get, not just the face. And, um, I mean... They could have done without freaking Jenny Garth. I understand 90210 was big at the time, but they mm -hmm. could have found somebody else. I think the the person that I disliked the most, I have nothing against the guy. I just didn't see what the purpose was. He didn't really do much. He had a segment with Bob Backlund was um, Jonathan Taylor Thomas. I, I mm -hmm. didn't understand what the point of having a kid was. Yeah. Home, home Improvement was the number one show Right, right. I understand why he was there, but... They, they don't really – could they have done without him? Yeah, I mean, he had one segment with Bob Backlund, which was a weird segment playing chess, I think, if I recall. And that was it. He didn't do anything. Like, there are other, there are other people that we can talk about, like Alex Trebek and that, that, um, that interview with Jake the Snake at WrestleMania 7 or mm -hmm. um, Bob Euchre and all of his craziness at WrestleMania 3 and 4. And so many great celebrities, Liberace dancing with the Rockettes and so many different iconic moments – and then you talk about some of these guys we're talking about where they didn't have like a, a this mo defining moment you always remember. Oh, like you all remember that time when blah, 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 blah. They were just kind of there because of their name. And right. a lot of times they didn't even, some of those people didn't even want to be there. So why do it? Right. Well, you could, you could tell the difference between the, the fans of wrestling and then getting a paycheck and then, you know, getting their, you know, spot over, so to speak. So, you know, especially I don't want to go back to Rock and Cena. Remember, Flo Rida was there and uh, what was the other game? Machine Gun Kelly was there. You and know, I think did they love the business? Off. I don't know if Machine Gun I Kelly was at that did. WrestleMania. No, he sang John Cena in. Entrance, yeah. yeah really? I, I don't think, remember that. I think they were happy to be. I think both of those guys, because Flo Rida has been there more than once. I yeah. think he yeah. absolutely. And MGK is, has run on record and said he's a huge fan. Yeah, so I think he's always had. They look like a kid loving the fact that they got to be there. You watch Big yeah. Brother, right, JB? I do. Tyler in season twenty, the way he reacts to seeing all those people that that season had tons of people. They had the proposal from Victor and and whatever. He marked uh, out Tyler. Is that guy. Luchasaurus? Is that who you're talking about? Is that Tyler? No, no, no. Tyler, the guy who was just on the celebrity one, and he didn't win that one, but he he came in uh, second place on season twenty. Why the he fuck lost to Tyler? Uh, 
He lost to Casey, the girl football player. I remember. I remember Casey. I don't know. They straightened his hair. They straightened his hair. Oh, like Tyler, 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 yeah, yeah. The, Tyler, the surfer, yeah. the surfer dude. Yeah. The okay, right, 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 right. Yeah. Well, okay, what about but Tyler he now? Was, he was, when every time a, a Big Brother alumnus came on there, he was fucking, like, on cloud nine, like, yes, he trying not to let people know he's marking Just up. Just the fan, That's yeah. how Machine Gun Kelly looked at the WrestleMania he was at. Like, right. like he'd been a fan his whole damn life. And he's probably of the age that the Monday Night Wars, he was us when we first started watching his age. You know, he's 13, 12 years old watching that shit. He did an awesome job playing Tommy Lee in the Mop Crew movie, too, by the way. The dirt. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Big Brother Podcast here on the PWL <laughs> Networks at Hobbeam.com. But anyway, let's get back into this. Machine Kelly. you talking about? I, just I was talking about, I'm talking about celebrities here. And then you talk about Big Brother uh, semifinals or whatever, or the series finale winners the and losers. reaction to seeing people <laughs> that you grew up watching. Hey, there's two wrestlers that are Big Brother alumni. So there's yep, some relevance. Mr. Pectoris and, and uh, Luchasaurus, uh, whatever the fuck his name is. Luchasaurus, yeah. yeah. Mr. I liked him both on there. Oh, I, didn't, I, didn't know, I didn't see Mr. Pectacular on there, but I knew Austin. I liked him yeah. on there. Well, you know what, guys? You know, for the WrestleManias, the first one started at MSG. I had the opportunity to go to 20, but, I, you know, I was sick that weekend. So, you know, at my job, you know, there was perks. So I could have went to WrestleMania 20 for, you know, that great moment. You know, from where it started in MSG and where it has become, where it's, you know, a week, like TW said, it's at the city. You know, it's going to be in the city of Florida. Let's talk about, like, maybe two years ago, TW, like, you know, it's a week. You know, they, they do it in an arena for 20,000 people for the Hall of Fame. They have they do it in an arena for 20,000 people for NXT TakeOver. Then they go into a stadium 70, 80,000 TW. You know, the maturation of the of the feeling of WrestleMania gets bigger every year. And Vince McMahon wants to wants the experience to get bigger every year. Do you agree with that assessment, TW? Yeah, but, but the problem with it is is at some point like the business ebbs and flows, right? Mm-hmm. Your follow up to WrestleMania city and it felt like whoa you know like what happened you know you went even at 13 14 years old i'm like wait a minute we just went from 90 why would you just go to fucking silverdome every year because you knew i i think in hindsight you knew you weren't coming anywhere near ninety three thousand again you know because it was hogan versus andre what did you have i mean four was the tournament right um so why not just dumb it all the way down Going forward, you can build up to another big one like you had now, like you said. Orlando's fucking huge. Tampa's huge. It's all these outdoor stadiums uh, because of the shit they did in Dallas. That Dallas one broke the record of the Silverdome. So you're not going to go there every year. And I don't even know what the main event was for the Dallas one. Um, was it Daniel Bryan? Uh that's how bad it was because I don't remember the main event. I no, no, it was. One, I remember the star. The Hogan that's hosted. No, no, the silver. No, that was. No, that was. No, 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 oh, no, I, I, no uh, the main event for Dallas was Roman Reigns against Triple H for the belt. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So Triple H won the belt that year. I think people went there to go there. They didn't go there for that damn match. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's tough to do, and so you end up this this COVID shit. It probably helped them because. I mean, I'm sure it was going to sell. Like you guys said, people paying $2,000 coming from around the world to go there. But I think, to be honest with you, 
milk it while you can because eventually it's going to go back to being at a Madison Square Garden or something because it's not as uh, popular. And so I, I disagree with that 100%. I think cool. WrestleMania is going to I think <laughs> WrestleMania is going to forever be a spectacular uh, a spectacle and I'm the perfect reason why. I do not watch wrestling at all. But I will happily go to WrestleMania every year. And I know I'm not the only one. So when you have people who watch the damn products, when you have people who watch a product go to the You're event. You're a kid that grew up, and that's why you still go. If they're not true. making new fans, eventually Very we true. all die. That's a great point. That's a great point because the nostalgia still hits me. You're right. So for someone now, like. You would uh, have to be having your kids watch it. And which since you're I not. Would never, I, would never, I, don't hate, I would never hate my kids that much. No, see, here's the problem. This is this is the this is the disconnect in the IWC YWC. That's it, right? Mm-hmm. Your kids will watch it and get it. Make you like it because that's who they're booking I'm fucking for. Block USA on my television. You know what? You know what's funny? So my daughter Bella in the other room there. When I had her watch Star Wars, I had her watch Phantom Menace first and work our way to Return of the Jedi. Well, she can relate a little bit better. Because that's supposedly how George Lucas wanted it. And guess what? If those last three movies are better, then I did her a favor because she's going to get through the shit ones first and then get to the good stuff. But in the scene where Obi-Wan gets cut in half by Darth Vader on the Death Star, my daughter jumped up, did a fist pump, and said, that's what you get. And I said, Bella, you know he's the bad guy, right? She goes, I don't care because at the end of Revenge of the Sith, Obi-Wan just taking it to Anakin, chopping his legs off, one arm, leaves him to die on the fire. She literally was in tears going, what are you doing? That's your friend. That's your friend. And so what does George Lucas say? The Star Wars trilogy, or now six movies, what did he say it was always about? The redemption of Darth Vader. It was never about Luke. It was always about Luke or Darth Vader redeeming himself. And if you watch it that way, that's how it is. But then you got guys our, our age running around going, Fuck the Phantom Menace. Attack of the Clones is probably one of the worst movies of all time, for the record. Revenge of the Sith, second best Star Wars movie ever. I'll fight you. But at the end of the day, the kids are who they're booking for, and that's why more and more you non-ass-getting dudes on the Internet complain about it, because it ain't booked for you. Book for kids. Look at the audience when they get one. Kids with foam fingers. Me at WrestleMania 3 at the Ricky Steamboat Post, the American Made Headband. That's who they're booking for, the kids who get their parents to buy them merchandise. And then if you're lucky, you see wrestling through the eyes of a child, and you like it again because you just appreciate it for what it is. And guess what? I know you can do it, JB, because you do it for WrestleMania. You could do it all the time. These, these, the kids these, vir- these virginal, non-titty wrestling fans of the IWC, YWC <laughs> will not allow a kid to enjoy a right? WWE product. That's the problem with the IWC, right, YWC right now. JB, do you... You said that, you know, the spectacle will always be as big as it is right now. You don't think it will go back to MSG. Why do you think that way? Well, first and foremost, just the money that it brings in, at some point, and maybe, uh, Professor, you'll know the answer to this, at some point, it didn't become where Vince was paying to rent a stadium or our venue. Now, hey, it's like Super Bowl. There. It, yeah, they're, they're bidding. They're bidding. They're bidding. Right, so they're getting because I don't remember the numbers off the top of my head, but they show like how much millions come in from the city for a WrestleMania week, and it's right. crazy. So as long as it's doing business like that, uh, 
-hmm. not only that, like when you go and I mean TW, you know, and if you guys, you know, professor, you've been to WrestleMania. When you go to these events at WrestleMania Week, you meet people from all over the fucking world, not the country, but the world. I mean, I met great people from like Ireland, England, people who have traveled thousands and thousands of miles. You know, and that's the, another beautiful thing about going to like WrestleMania Week. You become great friends with people you don't even know who the, you don't even know. You'll never speak to these people ever again. But for that week or that one day, it's somebody you have to you guys swap and spit. Yeah, you're absolutely, all in. absolutely, and. Um, it's, 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 it's crazy that the way it's done and a lot of people, they're like, hey, and, you know what? And the WrestleMania effect, WrestleCon goes there, exactly. other indie promotions do indie, shows, indie shows around, around the area. So it does, it's a booming business as long as WWE is on the marquee. Go ahead, JB. Right. I mean, there's some, Vince has been trying to change things re like in most recent years because he's trying to keep WrestleCon outside of like outside of where the main city is, but that shit's never going to happen. But anyway, uh, the point I was trying to make is there are people that I've spoken to more than one where they're like, hey, WrestleMania is our family trip every year. And these are people right. that live in like, England. They're like, we come to America every year. We plan our trip around wherever WrestleMania is going to be. And I don't know if you guys have ever peaked these freaking packages. They're not like what you guys are saying, $2,000. Those packages are like four, five, six, eight thousand dollars $8,000 packages for some mm -hmm. of these international people, family of four type of things. The prices are ridiculous, but as long as that continues to be that way, they're going to do it. Vince can't – Vince, outside of Madison Square Garden because of the nostalgia and, you know, it's the Garden. Outside of that, they'll never go small again because it's just – they're losing out on money. They're always going to be able to sell out, you know, 50, 60, 70,000 or if not sell out close to capacity for a very long time. So they're going to keep doing that for unless but it's the Garden. I don't want to get into the economics here, but I have to half agree with TW. You might have to go to the 20,000 arenas. It's like me, you know, my experience with the NBA. We could try to do the stadium for All-Star Game, but then the product itself is not as good as a representation of the sport of basketball. So you don't want to do that. So you want to keep the spectacle of the dunking and the three-point contest and all the parties and all that stuff. So that's the that's the way you hook them in. And the way that WWE hooks you in is NXT TakeOver, the Hall of Fame, the, uh, the Convention Center, and all that stuff. So you have the spectacle feeling. But I could see it going back to the Madison Square Garden 20,000 just to be on the safe side because sometimes it's very it's still expensive for WWE, you know, to get put the production truck, the fireworks and all that stuff and you can, you know, cut half the budget by just going back into the 20,000 and getting more reaping more of the profit. So I don't want to get into the logistics, but I see where you're going with that uh JB, but you know, I kind of half agree. But again, it depends on the product and the people represented it. Do you, you know, like you said JB, you don't watch it. And you know, I'm not I'm not, you know, who can be mad at that? You know, if some, if it's not good on Mondays, if it's not good on Fridays, what is the besides that WrestleMania nostalgic hook? What is it going to get you to pay $8,000? So that's where Vince McMahon, you better, you know, I know Vince McMahon is a reflectionite. You're listening to this. So Vince McMahon, we're trying to warn you, <laughs> you know, just, just give us the wrestling we want and give us the characters we want and we'll still pay that $8,000. So you know what? We could talk for five hours, but I don't want to bore the, not bore, but I don't want to tire out. This is not like a, 
the Justice Leagues. We can't go far out. We could try to go far hours, but I don't want to do the Justice League endurance test here for all the Magnificent Seven members. So let's go to our greatest matches. And, you know, there's so many here. And, and, and I'm not going to go one, two, three. You know, we could name, you know, Undertaker against Shawn Michaels. Their back-to-backs have been said on, you know, IWC, YWC Lore, the, the PWSO Facebook fan page, Solomonster. They've called that the greatest match in WrestleMania history. Some people have said the greatest match ever. But I dispute you. I dispute all of you because I will still say till the day I die. WrestleMania 3, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat, Macho Man Randy Savage for the Intercontinental title was the greatest match ever. Ever. No, I got to say it like Chris Jericho. Ever. So I'm going to go to TW first. You know, we don't have to go one, two, three. I'm not going to even. I, that's it for me. I'm just going to say Steamboat Savage. You agree with me. You got another match to say what is one of the greatest WrestleMania matches ever. Steamboat Savage is one. Mm-hmm. Savage Warriors two, and number what? three. Hey, that's it. That not. I've never been more emotional in my life watching a wrestling show than watching that match. Mm-hmm. That match had me all over the place, and I would. I. I. I don't want to undercut it, but at least got an honorable mention. It is Brett vs. Owen in in uh, the beginning of ten, but. Razor versus Michaels in the latter match is obviously balls. You know, and you know what? Fucking first TLC. I, I'm not a big yes. Dudley Boy fan. I'm, I'm not a big Hardy Boy fan. The whole I product. like them individually. I'm not. But that guy. Name name as many all matches. six of those guys. Right. All name as many matches. Match. You shouldn't let me say my favorite moments. You had JB to his favorite moments. I just talked about his. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, TW. You're on a roll here. You got moments. You got matches. Go ahead. I'm not here to dispute my it. My top moments, and this is after sitting here talking, I'm like, you know what? How the hell did I forget number one? Nothing will ever make me feel the way I felt at the end of WrestleMania 8. When the Ultimate Warriors music came oh, out, he man. saved Hulk Hogan. Talk about a pop. Me and my two best friends, Bob and Dennis, if, if I got best friends that from wrestling, watching wrestling, it's those two guys. They promised me they would never, ever go to a WWF house show unless the Warrior was there. And I'm like, well, guess we're not going. And that dude's music hit. Three high school dudes in sync. And I'm not talking about the boy band, baby. Jumped up out of our seats jumped up and down, looked at each other, and did the gayest three-way hug of all time, and I'm sure there was some tears shed, and we looked at each other like, what? P.S. Not one of us didn't think that was the real warrior. We knew that was our guy, and it was, and it was short-lived, but that moment, I will never feel that way ever. Nothing will make me feel the way I felt that moment. My second favorite moment is the moments in the ring when Eddie Guerrero and Chris Benoit oh, hugged man. each other, because when Benoit won, he looked up and Eddie slid in her. I'm choking up thinking about it. That is real. Yes. That moment right there, God bless Eddie. I know we're not supposed to talk about Benoit, but when he was here before he did that stuff, I liked him. And that moment, that was the two, besides the birth of their children and their wives, marrying them, I'm sure that was their favorite moment in life. And at least in regards to the two of them, that was it. And then my third, which again is going to sound shocking because I just said I'm not really the closest I've ever come to feeling like I did with the Warrior was when the Hardy Boys music hit for that WrestleMania when they came back. 
and the way the crowd reacted. I, when they, when you saw people, I'm getting goosebumps. Thinking about me too. The look, and, me too. And I think that was Dallas. I think that was Dallas. No, no, no. It was yeah. Dallas. It was, uh, it, was, it was Orlando. I was yeah. there. And and they had you thinking the New Day was putting themselves in that match. And then when the Hardy Boys, that one note hit, that place erupted. And that one is outdoor, right? That Orlando? Yes. The noise didn't leave the building. That's how loud that was. I guarantee you that moment, if you're there, Andre being slammed by Hogan doesn't even touch it. Because it was pure emotion. Those dudes lost their tag belts the night before for Ring of Honor. And the week before, like lost an hour impact. down the street. Yeah. And so no one thought they were going to be there. How could they? They just wrestled for Ring of Honor last night. When that music hit, that place, I guarantee you there's people in that building who will never forget that for the rest of their life. Even people who probably didn't know who the hell they were because it was contagious. Once the people that knew popped, everyone popped. And, it, and Daniel Bryan, after he won the belt and the, the way that building. There was Monday Night Raws well, with that crowd cheer for Daniel Bryan that made me go, wow. That's organic. That's real. People really, really, really like that guy, and it made me like him. Like I didn't care about him one way or the other until you. It's a movement. It was the Brian Daniel. They just he just slowly built up steam mm -hmm. to where everyone in the world loved him. Like the people that hate Roman Reigns and John Cena loved him. The people that love John Cena and Roman Reigns loved him. He just whatever. And so that moment when he won two matches, very much like Bret Hart, who lost one, one, one. He lost two matches in one night. That place, I'm sure that's his favorite moment of all time, sans the birth of his children. Absolutely. And, JB, I know that Santina Morello winning that uh, women's uh, rumble <laughs> at uh, WrestleMania is one of your favorite moments. So go ahead. No, so I actually want to talk about a lot of the stuff TW just finished talking about. So I'm going to say this right now. During that era when the Hardy Bars came up, I wasn't watching WWE at the time. But I will tell you right now. When the Hardy Boys came out, I, I, I knew a little bit of, about them as Hardy Boys. I, more, more I followed them in their singles runs. Walking, when the Hardy Boys walking. came out in WrestleMania 33, that is the second biggest pop I've ever given ever in wrestling. You give it. That's the biggest pop I've ever heard. It was, it was the second biggest pop that I, like, that I, like, I lost my voice. Like, we recorded a lot of this shit, and you could hear me tell my brother, like, my, my voice is fucking gone. Like, you can hear it in the video. Because I yelled so loud. And they, let me tell you, the friggin'... And you were there, right? I was there. The rafters, yeah. bro, were shaking. And I'm not even bullshitting. Right. They were right. shaking because I, nobody... fucking TV was shaking. Nobody <laughs> expected them to be there. It was so no. obvious that New Day was going to be the, the team. Right. And then they say right. the Hardy Boys and the, the hits and the place just erupts. So, nothing, 100%. Seen, nothing like it, man. Now, um, I'm going to go back to something else TW said in a second. The biggest pop I've ever had and probably the greatest WrestleMania moment for me, and everyone's going to be like, what? But like you said, <laughs> TW, Gonzalez. it's subjective, right? But mm -hmm. so much emotion for me was the opening. And because I was there and I didn't know what was planned, the opening to WrestleMania 30 with Hogan, Austin, and then The Rock. Yeah. That I'm getting goosebumps again. Like, that opening was so amazing. And... It was. I enjoyed every second of that segment. And yesterday, real quick before you change it, yesterday on my Facebook memories, one line, the opening with Austin Rock and and Hogan has to be the greatest WrestleMania moment of all times. And I, and I don't even remember it when I read that. I'm like, what? 
is that the Silverdome thing where he called it the, the Superdome or whatever? Yeah, but did. it was gold. And yeah. and now I'm going to go watch it. When we're done here, I'm going to go find it on the Peacock if they have it. I, and love, watch it I love that segment, man. That whole segment, every out from, from Austin coming, I mean, um, yeah, Austin coming out. Well, first of all, Hogan came out. It was a huge pop. Right. Then right. Austin, huge pop. And people were talking like, is the, is the Rock next? Is the Rock next? And his song hits and everybody just goes apeshit crazy. And then You the, were there for that too? I was there for that. That was 30. Um, now, I also want to talk about this. I, I hope li- like at some point we talk about Brock and Undertaker because I have something to say about that, but I'm going to hold off for that in a second. Daniel Bryan, I, know, I, I never went back and watched the Stars of Mania, but yes, when Daniel Bryan won, the place went crazy. I will tell you this, though. As soon as this shit went off air and we were all leaving, there was not one fucking person talking about that match. Because everybody was still fucking stunned from what happened in the Undertaker match. Mm-hmm. Like, right. you, would assume, you would assume that if someone was to tell you, hey... The, the air gonna... went out the building when the yes. Undertaker lost. If someone was to tell you, hey, Daniel Bryan... That was gonna the same win. night? Mm-hmm. Yeah. If someone was to tell last? you... Daniel no. Bryan was on last. So listen, if someone was to tell you Daniel Bryan won the title, TW talk about the lead-up and the build about this swelling. He finally wins the title. You would think from all the way outside, well, and I actually walked to my hotel. So I walked like a mile to my hotel. And not only me, there was thousands of people on the street walking to wherever the fuck they were going. Actually, everyone was going to Bourbon Street. That was in New Orleans, I remember. We were all walking to Bourbon Street. And you would think that everybody's just yes, yesing, yesing it. Nope. Everybody was quiet. You could hear a pin. Right. Cry. I swear. Right. It was somber. It was it was a it was, it was a somber bro. People were now, I think up to me. Now I, I think they purposely didn't make it last for that reason. Yes. They made Daniel Bryan so people would leave happy. But it right, was too but late. people did not leave happy. Grown men that I didn't know were coming up to me. Like yeah. on my and hugging shoulder. you? Yeah, bro. And here's the craziest part. You got some dick that night. (laughs) Here's the craziest part. We were at a bar on bourbon. We're drinking. This guy comes up to us and he's like, I can't believe it, man. I can't believe it. And the guy starts crying. And here's the craziest part. The dude is wearing a fucking Brock Lesnar shirt. (laughs) And he's so bummed that Brock won. That's me with my warrior shirt, man. That Savage lost. What, mm-hmm. what I don't know. If, I don't know. If Professor wants to talk about the match now, but when that thing happened, you want to talk about it now, Professor? You want to hold off? Yeah, we we can talk about it now. I mean, you know, it, it's part of the moments. I mean, Undertaker is part of the WrestleMania tradition. Twenty, you know, I forget the record right now, like twenty-five and two. You know, he that is still one of the greatest records in WrestleMania history. It's never gonna be a challenge. It's never gonna be beaten. No one's gonna eclipse twenty-five wins. A and B, no one's gonna have that greatest winning percentage like the Undertaker had at twenty-five and two. The entrance, people went, you know, travel. They're gonna have twenty-seven matches, dude. <laughs> right? No, no. But right. people, just like JB said, people travel from Ireland, UK, you know, Africa, like South Africa, India to come to a WrestleMania just to pay eight thousand dollars to see an Undertaker entrance. That's one of the reasons. And, and again, Undertaker is a the mystique of it, you know, sometimes, and, and, you know, this can parlay everything, even with John Cena, you know, if you do an entrance right, you will remember the entrance of a wrestler. So, JB, you want to expound on even The Undertaker, the entrance, the ambiance of those people. John Cena had a special entrance. Uh, HBK, Shawn Michaels, coming from the roof of the arena with all the white. 
And well, even that too with the Undertaker, right. and he he did the zip line entrance. So he did those that twice. No, no, no. The zip line entrance against Bret Hart and the yeah. Iron Man. I yeah. still think that's the best entrance ever. That zip line WrestleMania 12 entrance for me at least. Well, but I Undertaker. can't think of it and not think of Owen. Like it ruined. Like it Owen dying the way he did ruined me appreciating those. You think about it. Because yeah. Sting does it a million fucking times, and I'm like, mm -hmm. cringing, because Sting did it after he died. And I'm the like, same guy, the same guy that does Sting's rig did Owen Hart's rig, actually. Oh, yeah, it makes me cringe, man. Yeah. And I think Michaels came down weird for that, right? When he came down in the all-white, he was being lowered by something. I don't no, know. he had... No, it, he was like a, it was like, it was like a crane. It was a crane. Right. He was right. coming right. down right. the crane against Undertaker, so he was okay. So, JB, right. talk about the entrances. You want to talk about Undertaker and everything. Add it on. Let's try to close it out with the entrances. Yeah, the the entrances were, were I mean, anytime you're, you're it's an Undertaker uh, entrance, regardless if you're in attendance or not, it's always like a spectacle. It's just the whole Undertaker package alone is a spectacle, and um, that in itself is like a 10-minute thing at WrestleMania, just his entrance and what they do in the whole. They'll usually do special entrances for, like, title fights and the main events, but that's the one guy, regardless of where the hell he is on the card, he'll always have that entrance. And uh, honestly, and, and this sounds really bad after just saying that, I don't even remember what the hell the entrance was for WrestleMania 30, but I do remember for WrestleMania 28. Um, you know, I don't even uh, – he fought um, Triple H in the uh, – the, 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 um, Hell in uh, Cell. Hell in Cell. That was a great entrance, but I just really want to say real quick about WrestleMania 30. When Brock beat Undertaker, everybody actually paused because we thought the referee fucked up. And mm -hmm. we thought the referee made a mistake. Because <laughs> they didn't hit the... I don't know how it came across on TV, but they didn't hit the music right away. And everyone's like, there's just chatter. Like I don't know how this came across on television, but there's just like chatter. And then everybody simultaneously goes... Oh, because you see on the screen up top, it says 21 and 1. And the music still hadn't hit, and then you hear the bell, and then you hear the music. And we were like... On TV, on TV, I yeah, was... what happened? When I saw it, I was like, where's Vince? Vince is hey. coming out to try to, to fix this. I thought it was, a, <laughs> it, was a, it was a referee botch, so I thought Vince McMahon was going to... I was waiting for his music to come out, and then I saw what you saw with the 21 and 1. So go ahead, T JB. Yeah, so then everyone was like, what? And then they're showing, like, everybody in the audience, and then you see uh, uh, the, 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 um, the, the Undertaker guy, which I actually had a pleasure, the pleasure of meeting that dude. You pleasured that weekend. dude? What the hell? I, no, the, 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 the shocked Undertaker guy. I actually met right. him before the, so before he was even fucking the shocked Undertaker guy. I met him, I think it was the, the day before at, um, not WrestleCon, at, um, at uh, Access. No, no, at Access. And, uh, the male yeah, so, brothel. Just, just really, really crazy. And I think, for me, it's probably not not only the most shocking thing ever to happen at WrestleMania, but I think it's the second, like, biggest surprise for me in the history of wrestling. Yeah. Number one being Hogan turning heel. Okay, I, I'll go with that. So, TW, before we close out, anything about entrances? You talked about Hardys, how surprising it was to you. You know, the entrances at WrestleMania can make a difference. Like I said, Undertaker's entrances is always memorable. John Cena always tried to make a memorable entrance. Hardy's had a great, you know, entrance because no one expected it. What's say I love, I love that the Warrior stuck to his guns and ran to the ring and said, fuck you, Vince, I'm not getting on that cart. And I think if he would have got on that cart, 
it would have sucked. Like, mm-hmm. that would like, be what? so weird. Like, who? Right. Like, no. And he's like, Vince! And he just runs out. Like, Fine. And he runs to the ring. He was blown up in every match he ever had anyway within the first minute. It was so only supposed to be Hogan. Blew up. Huh? Yeah. It was only supposed to be Hogan, but like you said, he was like, fuck that. I'm running. Mm-hmm. Hogan no, was, was supposed to be the only ring? person not to go on that card. Walked? Hogan walked. I never watched it. I've never yeah. seen that in WrestleMania. Skydome? Yeah, yeah, it was Sky uh, Dome. Yeah. But didn't they they had yeah. those mini rings twice? One there was a, a WrestleMania, Rest, WrestleMania uh, three. Three. Yeah, three. Three. Right. Mm-hmm. Hogan so, walked the whole way. Yeah. Well um, Hogan walked uh, in three because he got jealous of Roddy Piper's thunder. So let's oh, really? end Yeah. Let's end this with an un I'm gonna try to throw a curveball with all your WrestleMania thoughts and memories. I do not want you to name a match that everybody will say is one of the best of all time. I want you, I'm trying to call it the untapped potential match that, that nobody thinks about, but you know it's still memorable to you. And maybe people are like, oh yeah, yeah, you're right, Professor. This is an untapped potential match. So I'm gonna go first. It's subjective, so I say an untapped. Gotta go back to WrestleMania three, Roddy Piper. Adorable Adrian Adonis. It was Roddy Piper's quote-unquote last match in in front of 93,000. He was the first guy to walk. He did not do the ring cart, and he he felt the moment. He felt 93,000, and the way he looked all over. He he even saw a little 13-year-old Tommy Wonder up in the cheap seats in the nosebleeds, and he had a smile on his face. And what I liked about that, and, and of course. You know, I had the MSG networks. I was watching, you know, the Saturday shows, and everybody, and they were amping up. This was Piper's quote unquote final time in the ring. So I felt it. You know, I got my goosebumps because I felt it, and I started respecting Piper. So that's my untapped potential match. It's not one of the great five star Meltzer classics, but like like TW said, it had a story. It was intriguing. I was invested, and of course. Piper winning and adorable Adrian Adonis getting the buzz cut is my untapped potential match of all time for WrestleMania. So I'm going to go to TW for an untapped potential match. All right, because I couldn't think of one. I did think of a moment that that I thought, oh, this is my life all culminating together. I don't even remember what the match was, but it involved Lex, Perfect, and Michaels, which was my all-time favorite at the time, Lex. My new favorite, Sean, and I mean, Mr. Perfect, who, who, who you could say is George Strait of wrestling at that time. You can't call him your favorite wrestler. He's probably number three A in Austin's 3B to, to the 1A and the 1B of Sean and Brett. But somehow, I think I think it was, was it Perfect versus Luger? And then Michaels got involved when they end up out in the street? Yes. And that and led that. to the SummerSlam match of Sean versus, um, Sean versus Perfect at SummerSlam. And here's a fun fact for you. I'm watching this match while I'm washing dishes. I got the Mr. Perfect DVD on my little drop DVD player in my cupboard. And I'm like, holy shit, these two wrestled each other? And then after I saw them pan out, I'm like, wow, they wrestled each other at SummerSlam? And I go, that's crazy. And then the next thing I see is me in the audience. And I'm like, (laughs) how in the hell did I not remember seeing Sean versus Perfect? When I was there, I saw my buddies, Dennis and Bob, first because I was blocked by the referee. And then when the referee moved, there's me with my little Shawn Michaels glasses on, my mullet, everything else. 
it was the Lex versus Yoko SummerSlam, and I was there for it. Oh, but that, that, that moment where Sean, I think, was out in the street with Sherry, like, partying or whatever, and Luger and, and Perfect were kicking each other's ass throughout the building and ended up outside, and Sean and Perfect bumped into each other or something, and that no, Sean, it was, Sean, and, Sean and Luger were talking in the back. Perfect went after Luger. Look Sean Luger. attacked uh, oh, Luger. So it wasn't a match. It was just a segment. Mm-hmm. It was a okay. segment. Yeah. All so, right. Yep. That's your un, that's your untapped moment of all time. Yeah, I just because for me personally, no, 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 it, no, no, it, just it was no, what no. it was. Luger's okay. my guy. Hold on. Mm-hmm. Luger's my guy. Right there. Uh-huh. Lex is my dude. Sean's mm-hmm. my dude now, and Perfect mm-hmm. is everybody's dude. And it was just, and it led to a match that I actually saw live and didn't even remember seeing it. Because, again, it goes back to what JB said. You don't remember shit except being there, right? Mm-hmm. And, and you know what? You know why I probably don't remember Sean and, and Perfect? Because I left there mad as fuck that Lex won by disqualification. That's why. That's how I left that building. My guy is going to finally become the WWF world champion, but doesn't, and they still have the nerve to drop the balloons. They're still mad about it. Gotcha. All right, JB, let's close it out. Your untapped potential moment or match of WrestleMania of all time. So I know you said nothing like that. Everybody says is the greatest. Because for me, uh, Taker HBK1 is the greatest, but... Tell me if this qualifies, and if it does, if it does not qualify, I'll choose another one. But I would have to say WrestleMania Eight, Bret Hart versus Roddy Piper for the Intercontinental Title. Does that qualify? That qualifies as untapped potential. I, yeah, I know and that. it's a simple, simple match overlooked. Very simple match, but so much story. And since since Warrior Hogan, it was the first time that two faces, um, you know, faced off. And so, and just the story behind it and the build, I loved. And um, also, uh, again, uh, uh, with the moment, Roddy Piper was always one of my biggest, um, fa- you know, I was one of his biggest fans. And we, I met him at WrestleMania 28 for, for Access, and literally we spent five minutes talking about that exact match. And it, so that whole thing, that whole package, uh, you know, that's my hidden gem right there. That comes full you circle know what's for cool you. about that? You know what's cool about that? Is these days, and I think this is why I favor Brett over Sean, or if you actually back me in the corner, so many people talk shit about Bret Hart. Yeah. But Roddy because Piper, of his attitude. Whatever. He's a fucking grumpy old man. We all become yeah. that one day if sure. we're lucky. So, mm-hmm. but Roddy Piper, name another time someone pinned him in the ring clean. Yeah. Period. He does not take, he does not take pins. Period. Let, Even Hogan. WWF. You could give me a WCW. He got pinned clean with the coolest finish, made Bret look like a million bucks because of the respect he had for Bret Hart. He's already talked about Austin saying it. Anyone who's got anything bad to say about Brett, 99% of the time, it's because they didn't get what they wanted. He got it. That's it's, it's professional jealousy, and now people talk so much shit about him. There's other podcasts. They all fucking heal on him. And I'm like, whatever, man. That guy got a raw deal, and P.S., Goldberg ended his fucking career and pretty much led to his stroke that he had on his bike by his damn self in Hawaii, and he had to drag himself back. So he had a pretty Brett- rough ending to his career. So forgive him if he's a little grumpy about it. And, yeah. and oh, by the way, remember how his WWF career ended? That was kind of shitty, too. I still don't think he was in on it. And anyone that says otherwise, then he's fucking sticking to his guts if, if he wants to go down. He's going he to stick it to his grave. We don't know, yeah. but but right. Bret Hart has he had anything a, to do with it. 
Bret Hart has a great legacy, a great WrestleMania legacy. We cannot dispute that. So with that being said, again, Can we're I not going to go. Question number one, Dan. Can I ask Rest one last question one. to both you guys? Okay. Sure. And before you blurt out an answer, just think about it. I think I already know what TW's answer is because it's a little biased, but just think about it for a second. Is Shawn Michaels Mr. WrestleMania? And the only reason I'm asking is because think of Macho Man's resume. He didn't have a lot of WrestleManias, but think about all of his matches at WrestleMania. They were all classic. Who is the real WrestleMania in your guys' opinions? I don't think anybody is, and I think the only reason we call Shawn that is because he called Shawn that. And so, because... Uh, Think about it. I mean, he had some damn good WrestleManias, but so did Kurt Angle. Shit, at this point, how can you not throw John Cena in the ring? That guy's probably been in more. No, oh, I know, but he's been in more WrestleManias. Not the quality. Other than, not the quality. It matter. It, just being there. Because Shawn Michaels, yeah, he had a great match with Taker. Two matches. He had a great match with Angle. He had a great match with Cena. That was going to be my pick. My pick was going to be Cena versus Michaels at WrestleMania 23. Um, because like, like uh, Professor... Everyone in the four field was cheering for Cena. I'm the only one cheering for Michaels. And guess how he lost? The ankle lock. So guess who wasn't happy? This guy. But it was a good match, and it was Shawn Michaels passing the torch. But that's a good match. John Cena was in. So, he, And John Cena, we talked about two of them he had with The Rock, and a third with The Miz, of all people, that The Rock was involved in. So John Cena has WrestleMania moments. He even joined the NWO for one WrestleMania a year ago. He was in NWO with against mm-hmm. Bray Wyatt. But, but my point is, Sean's going to get it because Sean caught dibs. So he's Mr. WrestleMania. But it's no different than saying he's the main event. Because guess what? A million guys are the main event, but he calls himself that, right? So I, I, Sean I agree because he gave himself the name. That's it. It's it too I, hard I, to pick someone else. I agree with uh, TW on the reasoning for Shawn Michaels because he called dibs on it first. So if anybody else called dibs on it, then we would like process it and say it. But if you're asking me who I think is Mr. WrestleMania, Undertaker. Taker. It's Taker. <laughs> he three genera- he was in three generations worth of WrestleManias from 7 to 35, 34, 35, whatever. From, you know, from beating up Snooker to the Boneyard match. And again, the record 25 and 2. That's Mr. WrestleMania through and through. You can't, I I don't think anybody can deny that. He is the undisputed Mr. WrestleMania. And with that, or you want to be an asshole, the streak is Mr. WrestleMania. Who? The the streak. The streak. The actual streak. That's an entity all by itself. Yeah. Yeah. Just like Vacant is an entity all by himself too. But anyway, let's end this episode 133 of the PWR podcast, the best and worst moments of WrestleMania. And JB, he's been punished because he was he's in Dana White's Kiss My Ass Club, so it's his job to at least promote himself with his social media and all that stuff. Go ahead, JB. I can reach nine shows. <laughs> I can reach on Twitter at the P1JB. That's at T-H-E-P-1-J-B. As TW said, I have multiple shows. P1? What? Say your Twitter handle was? At the P1JB. I don't have the on this. I've been giving the wrong one out all the time, damn it. It's your fault, <laughs> That's why I haven't freaking grown. Now. The so, P1JB. Yeah, it's at T-H-E-P-1-J-B. So I appreciate I just that. edited my list. I yeah. appreciate it. I love you for that. But 
Uh, so yeah, I do have we do have a couple different shows right now. Um, my you know big show is Cage Theory. I do it alongside Blake Troop. Ooh. However, we're taking uh, a little bit of time off. Um, so we'll 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 come back in another couple weeks. We're just kind of reworking some things. Um, also, uh, with my brother CEO Hayes, I do Film Frequency. I, I need to have you two guys on. We we've been talking about that forever. Um, we'll do like years. Because, because of you, we went to the movies ourselves and had episodes on the PWR podcast. Uh, yeah, yeah, I, I've seen some of those on the on the um, on the. Uh, I'd like to go on your show to do a movie, not, not even the new one. No, like not not wrestling. Talking about the movie. Right. We'll, 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 we'll definitely have to time. set something up. And then um, I also do uh, another podcast with CEO Hayes called My Brother's Keeper where we literally talk about any and everything. We just bullshit for 30 minutes and just go off cut. So uh, check us out. Check me out on Twitter. And yeah, I really, really want to thank both of you guys for uh, letting me come on the show. This was fucking fun, man. I, I, I really enjoyed this. Well, you're joining the Professor Kiss My Ass Club, so, you know, <laughs> pucker up. But anyway, TW, which uh, social medias that he forgot? Uh, our show. Oh, wait, wait, wait. I reflection. Do this all episode. <laughs> what? I didn't get a chance to do this all episode, and because there was not really a moment to do this, but let me just do it now. To be fair, to be fair, TW is an asshole. I didn't know what to oh. say, but I, 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 I couldn't. I couldn't. I gotta keep the streak going. You wanted to say uh, to be fair. Yes. Okay. Yes. No. See, right. you guys didn't do it when I did it. You supposed anytime someone says that, everyone else has to say it. Damn it. All right, so at PW Reflection is our is our Twitter. Uh, it, Ray Hernandez now he doesn't have the show at the end no more. He got no. rid of the BS too. No more big mm-hmm. show. So at Big Ray Hernandez, mine my my political one that I don't really do too much on there other than I open it up and I see ridiculousness and have to let people know is at Tommy One to Nineteen. Uh, that's also my Instagram, and then you got at the Tommy Wonder is the one I use for wrestling, music, and pop culture and niceties. Um, and then obviously the Big Vito brand is bigvitobrand.wixsite.com. That's W-I-X-S-I-T-E. Also, he has a Patreon at patreon.com/backslash the Big Vito brand. My friends Matt and Stacy and I have our YouTube channel, Dumb Dumb Jewel and an Idiot on YouTube. Like it, I love subscribe, that thing, share boy. it, all that. Um, we haven't done one in a while, but the next one we're doing, we just got to figure it out. I thought maybe we'd do it tonight, but I haven't heard the chicken nuggets about one. it. Watch it if you haven't watched it. And uh, the one we're doing next is that fish that the can stinks, and then when you open it up, it's called some, some kind of herring. And the, the, the people that tried to do it on the video I got tagged in, the guy threw up every single time he tried putting it in his mouth. I vowed to at least eat a bite of it, which everyone thinks none of us are going to even get a good bite off of it. But uh, we're going to do that one, and all of us are going to have buckets. I should get buckets made if they pull wrestling reflection on So when we're doing our video and throwing out people turn on our damn podcast. But that's it for me. Here's a man and puke. Throw out. Come on. Well, I'm going to get signed by this for throwing up in there. And you can follow me on my Twitter at PWHustle, P-R-O-F. That's PWHustle Prof. And, of course, follow my guys from the PWHustle, Billy Ray Valentine, the man with all the documents. Mr. Infinite Fringe himself at OB when you know me and of course the man the king of the reactions on the YouTube's a track Brown, the dirtiest of the city at a track dastardly you know this was a fun episode of just shooting the shit going in the boardroom talking about WrestleManias you know if we talked about WrestleMania 1 through 37 we would have clips Justice League movie it would have been about a 10-hour show and we would have lost <laughs> 
the Magnificent Seven, it would have been down to the Donnie, Donnie Wonders. That's what it would have been called. But anyway, I don't know what we're going to do next time. But don't worry, I'll slide into these guys' DMs, no homo, and we will How find a show. How about greatest moments? Uh, you want to get out of the group Ooh. now? Do you want me to kick you out of the group? You already, you, you, you begged the professor to come back into the fold of family, and you want to say some ridiculousness like that? Nah, that, we'll see about that. But anyway, I'm the professor. That's Mr. Wonderful Dum Dum Duo Idiot TW, and that's the prodigal one. Mr. UFC JB saying goodnight and we'll see you next time here at the PWR Podcast. Where's your grunt? Where's your grunt? Where's your grunt, JB? Hulk Hogan!